Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. Pastor of Grace Capital Church, Pastor Mark Warren, who um, I just wanted to introduce him by telling a little bit story of how, of how far we go back. Mark and I go back quite a ways. Um, when he first became part of Grace Capital Church, he was working as a uh, in the building trade as a, um, a builder, and yet even from day one was very very committed to ministry and serving in the local church. So he, did, he didn't have a ministry title, but he was always had a heart to serve. Um, and I remember one particular time when we, I, Mark and I felt like I was calling us to do something together. We were out playing golf, and I'm not much of a golfer, but he's pretty good. And uh, as we were playing golf, we said, Mark, what would, because we, we had met someone from Rwanda, and we started talking about the possibility of going to Rwanda together and just lead and just helping leaders there, church leaders. And we went and God planted a seed in our heart, but also in the nation of Rwanda, because at that time, Rwanda, did, they, they had just gone through, as you remember, a terrible genocide. And we were out there. There was not a, a church like ours, a four square church there, but we began to connect with people and we planted seeds. And it's probably been at least, what, 10 years, maybe 12 years ago that we did that. And, and I can just, I'm so excited to tell you that today there's like over 100 four-square churches in the nation of Rwanda. But I say that on Mark's behalf because Mark has always been one to say, to, to not only get a vision, but to be willing to sell out to that vision. Be willing to say yes to something that's difficult. Be willing to take a risk. And the second story is when Mark and Audra were approached about becoming the campus pastors at that time when we were lead pastors of Laconia. And I remember them praying about it like it was yesterday and seeking the Lord and saying, yes, we believe God's call us to this. And what that meant was sacrifice. What that meant was doing something that some of you did as well, leaving a familiar place and coming to a new place. And I'm just, my heart of... Uh, pride, if you will, a godly kind of pride, because I'm so proud of Pastor Mark and what God has used him in to continue to grow Grace Capital Church and continue to pastor the church. And so today, as we're walking through a season of transition, as Laconia is becoming a standalone four-square church, I thought it would be so appropriate to have Pastor Mark with us to share the word, to share his heart. And so would you welcome him? Would you give him a warm welcome? Pastor Mark Warren, the lead pastor of Grace Capital Church. Well, good morning. Um, can you just do uh, do me a favor? Just look at your neighbor's shoes for a moment, and um, you can do this. All right. So, so I want you to just understand that you can tell a lot about a person by the kind of shoes that they wear. It's true, right? So I, I, I saw a shoe here this morning that somebody was wearing, and I thought that maybe, just maybe, you might know, might know who this shoe belongs to just by the personality of this shoe. Melissa Mallory, there you go, you can have your shoe back. Who would ever think that you would actually just want to walk on grass all day long? Yeah. Melissa does. <laughs> 
Well, uh, so great to, to be here with you, and uh, there is actually another one of our missionaries in the house today, and I didn't even know you were going to be here, but uh, would you just kind of stand up and give a, a little wave here, and so this is, uh, hello, name cramp, right here in the moment, Gabby Duba, hello Gab, I know you for a long time. So Gab is a missionary in Honduras, and uh, she's back. Uh, with us today. I don't know how long you're here, but please get to know her. Grace Chapel Church sponsors her on a monthly basis, so not only do we connect with Nicole and helping her get to the Philippines, we also partner with Gabby Duba. And my apologies, Gabby, I don't know what that... I'm getting older, so... Well, it is uh, great to be here with you, and I do want to... um, I feel like I've been praying about what God would have uh, for me to share, um, something that I would believe would be honoring to him, but also be uh, reflective of things that I personally have to go through, and I think that you can probably relate to it as well. Today we're going to be talking about how to trust God when things don't seem to be going the way you expect it. To trust God when you're in the midst of change, to trust God when People say things uh, about you that's like you feel like it misrepresents who you are. Trusting God. Or maybe trusting God when it doesn't seem fair or doesn't seem right. And and it gives you an opportunity to to say, well, wait a second. What what does God think about this? Because so many times, here's the challenge. Can I tell you the problem that we face sometimes if we don't trust God? The problem is, is we begin to start owning things that are negative things to own. Either we try to control a situation, or we try to manage something that's not ours to manage, or we try to to get back as somebody who's hurt us, or just maybe things just you bury things in your heart that all of a sudden bitterness starts to set in, or maybe resentment. Well, if you turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, we're going to uh, hang out there for a little bit, but I'm going to start by telling you a story of two older brothers, two older brothers. We doing okay here this morning so far? All right. You're going to have to stay on pace with me here because I'm going to rapid fire some things. So I need you completely like you're with me, right? You're with me? Thank you. you. Two brothers. So I'm going to tell you this story. um, Two brothers. Now, one, you're going to find about this brother in Luke chapter 15. If you have your Bible or electronic device, get there while I'm talking, telling you this other story. But the other brother I'm going to talk to you about is my older brother. So when I was 16, 16 years old, um, my older brother had the nerve to go to college. And when I say the nerve to go to college was when he decided to go to college, I was angry. I was upset. And the reason why is because I felt like he was wrecking our family. I come from a family of two older brothers, one younger sister, and we had a close-knit family that we loved each other. We did a lot of things together, and my brother was going to ruin our family by going to college. 
Have you ever experienced that where all of a sudden something happens that, now I knew he was going, but I didn't expect the flood of emotions that would take place? I cried that day when I saw him drive away in his packed Chevy Citation. <laughs> Does anybody remember that car? <laughs> and I got angry. I got angry at my brother, and my brother didn't even know I was angry at him. Because in my world, in my perspective, he was changing our family dynamic, and I didn't like it. Have you been there that somebody does something that all of a sudden things start, your, your world gets rocked a little bit? And all of a sudden you feel like, what, I, don't, I don't like that person because somehow they've rocked my world. But do you know my brother didn't even know that I was angry? My brother was like, I'm off to college. See you later. I want to tell you about another story of a, another older brother who misjudged a situation and was really missing the heart of his father. If you turn with me to Luke chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 25. This is the account of Jesus' parable of the um, prodigal son. If you know this story, it's, it's, a, it's a younger uh, son that chooses to say, I, I'm, I'm leaving the home, Dad, I want my inheritance now. And he goes off and he squanders it away. There's one son that stays back, and uh, he's the responsible one. And now all of a sudden the the younger son decides that he can't make it on his own anymore and he comes coming back home. And this is the account of how the older brother perceives the situation. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what, these, what this meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back and sound, safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, please come in. But he didn't want to have anything to do with that. He says this, look. These many years I have served you, and I've never disobeyed your command. This is the older son saying this. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, I love how he says this son of yours, <laughs> not like my brother. This son of yours, you can show where his heart's at right now, right? But this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. He says, It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. It's interesting sometimes when an event takes place in our life that we seem either negatively impacts us or we don't even think it's right. See, the older son at this moment, the older brother said, 
He didn't feel like it was justified that your son, dad, went out and did this, and yet you're treating him with such graciousness. He was looking at it from a limited perspective of how this was going to affect him or whether or not he was going to be treated the same or properly. The interesting thing about these two brother stories is it was a lack of perspective and a limited view of things that negatively impacted their life. But what I want to encourage us today on this topic and this theme of trust is when we can learn to trust God who is a good father. It learns that we don't no longer have to look at our situations, the unexpected events, the hurtful conversations, the, the things that people do that, that you don't even, they don't even know what they've done to you, but yet you somehow view it as hurtful. But when we can trust God, we begin to put our eyes back on him and start to realize, wait a second, maybe I'm just looking at it from such a narrow perspective that I miss the bigger picture. You see, the narrow perspective, will this is what will happen to us. You'll add stress to your life, which causes gray. I've had a few more gray hairs this year than I've had uh, in years past. Actually, it was really nice. Somebody this morning came in and was like, man, Mark, you look really young. I was like, thank you. Please keep telling me those nice things. I'm, like, I'm trying to think why they thought that, but I think probably maybe the last time we saw I had facial hair, and there's a lot of gray in my face, so I shaved that off, so I am looking younger today. But also, just on a side, do you know when somebody gives you a compliment, they're actually looking for a compliment back? So, so the next time somebody gives you a compliment, please just give them a nice compliment back. So I gave them a nice compliment back. All right, so our, our topic, again, trust. You hanging with me? Unexpected things. Sorry if I'm behind a pole. I'm going to move here a little bit for, for you so you don't have to strain your head. And here's the thing about a perspective. A limited perspective limits our ability to be receptive to the voice of God. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. A limited perspective, anytime anybody wants to take a note, that's fine. A limited perspective limits our ability to be receptive to the voice of God. When we only look about how it affects us, we start to then start feeling that bitterness, that anger, the barriers between a relationship. And what that does is it gets in our heart and actually creates a wall to be able to hear the voice of God. And then we actually then miss the very thing that God is trying to do in the midst of that circumstance. See, it's not that there's a circumstance, an unexpected event that is the, that's the issue. It's our going to be our response to that. Because God is always working. God is always working in the good and the bad the unexpected. A limited perspective limits our ability to be receptive to hear the voice of God. I want to tell you about some news that I just received, talking about unexpected. Um, about, yeah, I guess it was a week ago. 
we had kind of heard some preliminary news, but uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my family. So uh, my dad uh, had a midlife crisis, I'll call it that, and he was a businessman, and he changed his career and became a doctor. And he just retired this year. He's, uh, he's 75. And, um, and they just sold the family farm. My dad just retired. They had these great plans to, to travel the world together and to enjoy life together. They've been busy people, giving to their church and just very active. My mom has never gone to the, to the doctor's office in her life, and besides having babies. And uh, she was healthy, healthy, healthy. Her mom lived to 99. Her mom's mom lived to 100. My expectation is mom and dad are going to have the time of their life in their retirement years. Got news last week that my mom has a rare form of blood cancer. Um, this form of blood cancer is incurable. And so they can give her all kinds of treatment, but uh, we don't know if we can, um, if it'll push it into remission. So hard for me to be on the phone with my dad and hear my dad cry. I've never heard my dad cry. And he asked the very questions that so many of us ask when we face an unexpected event. It's like, why now? God, are, are you listening to me, God? Why this event? If you're a follower of Jesus, you ask God the why questions, and then you get angry at God, and then you kind of like trying to navigate all of those flood of emotions, those unexpected things begin to, to put this in this place where we either are going to say we're going to either going to get bitter, we're going to get angry, or we're going to come to the place saying we trust you, God. We trust you, God. The unexpected. Pastor Peter preached not too long ago about Romans 8.28. All things work together for good. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. Trust him. The interesting thing about uh, that, before um, that scripture in Romans 8.25, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. This is very interesting what he says in this portion. Romans 8. Actually, starting in 24. It says, For we hope for in this hope, he says, for in this hope, and he's talking about this, this time where he's, we're going to be freed from bondages. Well, he's probably talking about the return of Christ, but he's talking about the things that are not yet, but are to come. And he says, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. Think about that for a moment. Hope that is Seen is not hope. Kind of sounds also like faith, doesn't it? For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. He's in the waiting. But do we lose hope when a circumstance doesn't go our way, when there's something unexpected, when all of a sudden we feel, oh my word, my world is crashing. The interesting thing about trust, if we want to grow in our trust 
in God is going to require us to grow in our faith. Now, we don't like to hear that one because we, all, we like to hear the trust. We want to trust to God more. That sounds easy, right? That part seems easy. But there's a direct correlation to our trust in God and our faith in God. You tracking with me? Our trust in God is equal to our faith in God. The more we can trust Him, the more that we've grown in our faith to realize that, guess what? In spite of my circumstance, He is a good Father. Despite of this unknown event, He still sits on the throne. He is capable to be involved in anything as He chooses. He still allows all things to work together for good. He is who He says He is in the midst of the unexpected. But it means that we've got to grow in our faith. And that's difficult because faith, well, what does faith say? That's in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, verse 1. Gives us the definition of faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. There's that word hope again. For the things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. In other words, I hope for it, but it is not yet there. Now, for my mom, I hope she experiences a miracle. Now, God hasn't promised that to me. He's promised that he'll never leave me or forsake me and my family. I hope that her chemo treatments are going to put this in remission, but we don't know what the future is. But one thing I do know is he's a good father. And that he's going to walk with me, and he's going to walk with my family in the midst of this trial. But as we do, what it does is it helps us to grow in our faith, because guess what? Life is not going so rosy right now for my family. And we've walked through this as a church as well. From Pastor Greg and Carrie walking through the things that they're having to walk through. Very difficult. It's going to require their faith to grow. But guess what? As their faith grows, so does their trust in the Lord. Guess what? That's also going to mean this for, for us at Grace Capital Church. As we continue to navigate what our future looks like, we can trust that he is the one who's going to build his church. He, he said he will build his church. That means he's in charge. <laughs> and we trust him that he's going to care for this church in Laconia. He's going to care for the church in Pembroke. He's going to care for the church in Pittsfield. But in the midst of these unexpected events, I have to say, for me personally, when I went to Pembroke and asked Greg to step in as an intern campus pastor, I never expected to be where we are today. It wasn't on my radar of the events that would take place to lead us to where we are today. I didn't expect that we would, at this juncture, be having the conversation of how do we release these locations to become independent four-square churches. Never expected that. Not in this way. I believe 
actually that, that there's greater multiplication that could take place with an independent church, but not this way. I didn't expect that there would be such conflict and such negative words even spoken against me. I, I never expected that. But guess what? Neither did you. You didn't expect that. But yet, you're here today because you love Jesus. And you trust that he's a good father. And you believe that he's faithful to build his church. Because he is. So the question for us today is, are we going to allow our trust in him grow? But it means that our faith is also going to have to grow. Does it mean that we're going to posture our hearts that we are going to say in the midst of the unexpected, I'm going to still expect that God's going to do amazing things. I'm just going to quickly tell you a story. Uh, one of my favorite Bible characters. I have an account of Joseph. You know the guy, the young man who was known as the dreamer? He had this great dream and and his, he told his, he's 17 years old, and he told his brothers this dream. And his brother's like, who do you think you are? <laughs> and, uh, hey, great, great example, actually. Some other brothers who missed what God was doing, wanted to do. Their hearts didn't posture themselves in the proper way. But anyways, they sold him into slavery. They were going to kill him. Sold him into slavery. Thought they'd make a quick few bucks off of the deal first. Joseph finds himself in Potiphar's house as a slave, does a great job. Potiphar's wife tries to take advantage of him. Joseph's like, no way, I'm not going to be disrespectful to my master, and uh, flees the house. She's mad because he didn't give himself to her. She makes up a lie, and Joseph finds himself in prison. Unexpected events. From a guy who has a revelation that God's going to use him mightily, to now all of a sudden he's sitting, uh, was a slave, now is sitting in prison. If you thought going to slavery was bad enough, now you're sitting in a prison cell, right? Then he goes on to, to like, he continues to posture his heart. And then, then all of a sudden, he has a, interprets a dream for the cupbearer, the baker, and he says, when you get out, tell Pharaoh about me. Well, he, does, he doesn't tell Pharaoh about him. He's in jail for another two years. Interesting thing about that story, when Joseph finally does get out, and he becomes the second in command to the most powerful nation in, in the world at the time, in Egypt. <clears throat> when his brothers come back, because there's a big famine in the land, when his brothers come back, Joseph has compassion on the very ones that try to kill him, sold him into slavery. And at that moment, he began to realize God's perspective. And he says, what you meant for evil, God has used for, for good. See, sometimes when we view our situation just through our own lens of our own life, we've got to get this narrow focus. And that's why it's so hard for us to navigate 
through some of these difficult things because we have that limited perspective. But God is saying, can you just trust me more so you can have my heart and my perspective? I know the Bible says we see through a glass dimly, which means we don't always see God's perspective. And we know that God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are so much higher. But, but as we keep posturing ourselves to come before him and asking the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and discernment and posture our hearts in a humble way, that we begin to have a glimpse to say, even though our circumstance doesn't seem right, even though this feels strange to me, that we know that what God is purposing is what seems not so good in front of the moment. God says, guess what? I'm still at work. I'm still accomplishing something. You see, Joseph, if he, could, if he allowed bitterness to get in his heart, he would probably still be in prison. But instead, God used a person to accomplish what? To save an entire nation, an entire generation. I would ask that of us here in Laconia. Audra and I had the privilege to, to, to walk with this location for five years, to serve you for five years. And God's not done yet with Laconia and the Lakes region. And we have to say, when we go through these difficult times and when it doesn't feel right, it doesn't seem like everything's going the way our expectations are, we have to say, but God, what do you want to do through us? Give us your perspective. Let us not get bent out of shape because things don't seem right, because they don't meet our expectations. But let us keep trusting God, our Father, who loves us, who has a great plan for us, and who wants to use our lives to accomplish something for His kingdom. We don't want our limited perspective to limit our ability to see God's plan. Think about that in your own life. Things not going well for you in anything of your life? Have you had any unexpected news lately? Did you hope that you were going to get that job and that job fell through? I, I thought I would have more for my retirement than I do now. And how am I going to make it? Maybe there's an unexpected sickness like happened in my family. Maybe there's a relationship that got broken and you don't know how. Maybe there's a marriage that's struggling and you don't know if it's going to make it. These unexpected events, these circumstances that don't seem to be the way that you planned it, Trust, which is going to require faith, 
that we don't lose hope because he says that we're to continue to hope for the things of the Lord. And I want to let you know that the chapter of your life or the story of your life is not over. It might be just one chapter ending and a new chapter beginning. What's going to be discovered in this next chapter of your life? Because until the last page is turned and you breathe your last breath to the back cover of the story of your life gets closed and you get to be in all eternity with the Lord, there's hope. And as long as there's hope, you'll find a good father who loves you, has a great plan for your life, and has a great plan for this church. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 